Hello and welcome to Gardener's Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. Today, we get to sit down with Pastor Bill. And you know what? I love it when I get to say that. Bill is such a gift to this community, and our conversation today stems from the talk that he gave this last Sunday about prayer. But it also leads us into Lent and some practical ways we can engage with this season. I hope you all enjoy it. Bill, it's so good to have you with us. With Thank me. I, there's no one else here but you and me. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a conversation. You taught on Sunday, and the topic was about prayer. Uh, but then we're also heading into the Lent season. And so I wanted to get into this conversation to just expand on those concepts. Um, but first off, we're not having coffee right now. Because you've already had your cup. I have. I've already had my cup. There we go. And we're we're caffeinated, we're hydrated, we're ready to go. I've I've noticed in these podcasts that there's a consistent theme with you of coffee. I don't know if that's just with me or if that is is how you start off. I I'm, think I'm wondering if there's a, a a searching that needs to take place there. Well, I was fascinated by your diligence in roasting your own beans and then exploring a little bit of that but i feel like i'm always interested in and like what bill's coffee game was this morning <laughs> and yeah and how many cups you've already had by by the time we're recording this yeah. um for those of you listening there is only one cup each that we have both had uh prior to recording this so hopefully no one's going to be talking fast and we have our heads cleared and i mean it, coffee for you is the ritual and the taste not necessarily i'm dead tired I need, and i need to no, wake up it's actually for whatever reason and maybe because i started so early it just it does not seem to make any difference mm. yeah and i i recognize my own like i get the jitters if i have maybe back-to-back -back cups or something extra strong um and I don't like that feeling where yeah, it's like my yeah. my my brain is going faster than what my body right, can keep up right, with. And right. yeah. And I think just recently trying to to limit my coffee intake because, you know, working here at Garden Church, there's always someone's always brewing a cup of coffee. And if there's right. not, someone will always do yeah. that. Yeah. And when you're when you're being offered coffee, I'm mo I'm more likely to say yes than no. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I had four cups of coffee today. That's why yeah. I feel like this, yeah. and and I want to kind of avoid that. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but enough talk about coffee. Yes. Um, Bill, what are your uh, first takeaways from from Sunday's talk and kind of leading that into exploring the conversation of Lent? Yeah. Well. It as you know, where the focus on Sunday was, was develop, I, my way of framing it would be to say to develop a life, life of prayer, mm. not, not praying on occasion or praying, um, episodically, but, but developing a muscle memory, developing a culture, developing a, 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 um, practice of prayer that is anchored between regular seasons, the public prayers, the gatherings together in the regular basis, but the, and then also in response to whatever happens and as foundation for whatever might happen, 
So the feel throughout the New Testament book of Acts, where we've been in the series, is these people didn't pray. They just were constantly talking to God about what was going on. Prayer is the gathering word for that ongoing conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not some special religious word. It's not some special spiritual practice, although probably needs to be that for most of us to work its way into the fabric of our lives. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I, I just find it fascinating that in the Hebrew language, for example, there is no word for prayer. Hmm. They just talked to God or complained or lamented or uh, um, were, were, were thankful or gave thanks, that, but there was no special word for prayer. Because mm. prayer was not for them a special practice to reserve for religious observance. It was just the same as you and I are doing here, except vertical. Mm-hmm. And it was an ongoing, everything on the table, show up as you are, not as you wish you were. And if that's painful as a result of rough times, it in as we saw on uh, Sunday with Acts chapter three and four, bring, bring, bring that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, that's probably the foundation. And then that um, uh, leads us into the church's regularizing of these, these pillars, these anchor points that, that kind of frame the calendar framed the religious experience. I said a couple of weeks ago that spirituality needs some boundaries of, of mm-hmm. practice, of religion. Otherwise, it just kind of becomes a slew. It just becomes amorphous and, and, and soaks in and doesn't uh, transform. It becomes a legitimization of whatever I want. Mm. Um, and so one of these is the church calendar, so uh, the season we're in now, Sunday was, was uh, the day the church recognizes transfiguration, the day on which Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to the mountain and met there with Moses, symbolic of the law, Elijah, symbolic of the prophets, who then validated, gave legitimacy, authorized his, his mission gathering up all of these things. And uh, that's the last Sunday before Advent, uh, the epiphany season, the day of dawning uh, ends on today, on Tuesday, uh, with now then Ash Wednesday beginning the Lenten 40-day journey towards um, uh, Good Friday uh, and and. Uh, Saturday and then Resurrection Sunday and Easter, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm listening to that thinking like we're talking about Easter already like th- isn't that a long way off? But the that's this season that that we're going into, and there's there's reasons behind that. But one thing I wanted to touch on before we kind of unpack that is I love what you said about prayer. I I, I don't think I've ever heard that in the Hebrew language. There's not. A special word for that, right? Um, and I, I think that's helpful to hear because me, uh, as well as uh, probably a few people listening, maybe grew up in that idea of 
Prayer was this thing that you did before meals. Prayer was this thing that you did if you really needed something or you needed yeah. help. And yeah. Prayer was this thing that is just like in the back of your pocket, you can play that card whenever you need to. Um, but even just you saying that there's no special word for it, it just is the conversation. conversation. It's, it's a yeah. continual uh, remembering that you're in the presence of God everywhere you go. Yes. Uh, and it called to mind the the book uh, Practicing the Presence of God. Right. Um, and Brother Lawrence just really wanting his own mind to be reminded of, I'm in the presence of God. I'm, I may be doing the dishes. I might be cooking food. I might be serving tables. I might be just, you know, doing my taxes or like whatever it is that we're doing in the presence of God with God. Mm -hmm. And in that mindset, it's not this special thing that, oh, when I'm, when I'm actively communicating with God, this is prayer. It's just, we're, right. exactly. we're with him. Exactly. And sometimes we're listening. Sometimes we're talking. Sometimes we're just doing yeah. things. I can be with my son playing tag or football and we could we don't necessarily need to be talking but we're with each other sharing time and space yes um and that's helpful for me to kind of like reframe prayer from being this like tangible piece of a, the puzzle that fits in whenever i need it to to just it is everywhere yeah in my life and and it really I mean, you've put your finger on it, Darren, is that the goal is the 24-7 awareness of God's gracious presence, love, our goodness and belovedness in, in the Father, hmm. uh, and to regularize the, 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 the practice of presence. Um, and, and I mean, that's, there's an awkwardness to that, um, because we do want God as our rescuer. We don't want him as our daily companion, mm. uh, unless we're, have thought that through kind of thing. Mm. Um, because that means he's with us as Peter and John discovered when we're getting beaten by the religious leaders and thrown in jail for doing good, pro providing some kindness. Uh, so whatever else the presence of God means and whatever else prayer means, it's not first about outcomes or deliverance or um, anything other than you're with me. And that, as it turns out, is enough. Mm. And let's take that and knowing a more proper view of prayer... Um, like what what does that mean for us going into this season of Lent? And first of all, why is it called Lent? I mean, I, I'm going to ask all the basic questions here. Why is it called Lent? Where did it come from? And why do why should the church still care about it today? You know what? That's a great question. I don't know the derivation of the word, uh, so now I have a, an assignment. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Uh, but the Lenten season is, and you'll notice the church calendar. Um, uh, it intends to tell the story of Jesus. So it begins with Advent preparing us for coming first and second. Mm -hmm. It then moves into Christmas, Incarnation, Epiphany, the dawning of the light, mm -hmm. and then the short ordinary time that follows Epiphany that is this 
What, how do we live in the awareness of incarnation, in the awareness of Jesus as both being with us mm. and returning? That there is a, a, an urgency, an awareness of a readiness attached to incarnation, mm. uh, expectation of, of return. That life of Christ then begins to take a turn towards Jerusalem towards crucifixion, towards resurrection, towards uh, uh, ascension. And Lent is then that season that uh, prepares in the way that Advent prepares for the comings of Christ. Uh, Lent prepares for the dying and raising uh, and ascension of Christ. Mm. And that then issues forth into this season of Pentecost, which is the the birthday of the church, the the receiving of the spirit, the um, new new life that ushers in the longest season of ordinary time, mm. which is to say, what what's normal now in the life of the spirit, uh, and ending uh, in in um, uh, All Saints Day with this, um, and in November typically. Uh, which then starts the long advent again. So it's this regular telling every year of the of the life of Christ, the, mm. the, the expectation, the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, the coming and empowering of the Spirit, and, 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 and. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful, especially for a preliterate culture in which story is lived more than told or read, mm -hmm. Uh, then the preparation that Lent provides is a realization that the the cycle of nature that we see, um, things springing to life and flourishing and then fading and dying, uh, and then only to spring to life, that cycle of nature is actually bigger than nature. It mm. comes from from this larger awareness and of course you know the resurrection of jesus is the kind of the telos the focal point of that contemplative understanding of what's going on but we tend to uh, deny the reality of things dying we tend to deny the reality of 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 uh, the necessity even mm -hmm. of the seed falling into the ground and dying without realizing that if it doesn't, it remains alone. It, but if it does, then it 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 flourishes. It bears mm. bears much fruit in Jesus's language. Yeah. So Lent then is this um, season of attention to things that we might not want to pay attention to, uh, our own uh, frailties, our own failings, our own, the things that we've started to cobble on since last year as a way of negotiating the denial of dying. Mm. Uh, because when we deny den dying, we deny resurrection that follows dying as well. So Yeah. And that's so interesting to hear. Um, and you, you did touch on like the pre-literation of the peoples that were engaging with these rhythms and that 
in our modern context, we can have lists, we can have things written out, we can have our books, we can have our shelves, like, and we, we sit up top on all this wisdom and knowledge and know, and think that we, we know better. And maybe we do know, but it's not like ingrained in our being. It is not. And that's, that's such a helpful thing. I'm, I'm always big on, uh, like experiences and, and things that are shaping people and, and, and me and, this idea of every year and these like tent poles of, of rituals that over time have gotten momentum, gotten their naming and have just been practiced in a way mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you can't help but learn what it's supposed to be teaching right. you. Right. Like on the funda- fundamental level of your, of your heart. And, you know, you're talking about um, engaging with, with death as an idea. And a lot of the time we don't want to get that, but here, here comes the season in a rhythm of a year that, you know, we've had the celebration of, you know, Jesus becoming incarnate of, of all these, these bigger, maybe more exciting things, Mm -hmm. but now it's time for this. Yes. And, you know, not skipping over anything and hitting it head on is very, um, it's very wholesome, even even though it might be uncomfortable. Right. Um, it reminds me, uh, and I apologize for getting a little bit morbid, but we have uh, we had two um, pets, and one of them was a cat, and one of them was a dwarf hamster. Hmm. And it didn't end well for the dwarf hamster. I'm sure not. Um, although they they did they were pals for I don't know a year maybe. Um, and it ended tragically and it was kind of like a, a very abrupt coming home one night and all of us were sad mm-hmm. and it was a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. But my wife and I, as sad as we were, we got to model grief and be with our, our boys as they were like, why did this happen? And even to the point of, you know, uh, loving, loving the cat and then also realizing it did something bad, but how do you, how do you reconcile those things? And so it was a very helpful scenario to go through something like that. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's a pet, um, and, and not people. We haven't had family members die, Mm. uh, recently, which has been a blessing for, for us and our family. But, um, the helpful things of, of encounters with something like death is, healthy to go through, healthy yeah. to bring your attention around, your imagination around. Um, and I like that. It, it makes me excited to hear um, these traditions, these um, these rhythms in terms of um, the things that we want to wrap our heads around throughout the year. Yes. Um, and we talked about death um, on one of our other yeah. <laughs> times that we yeah. had a, a conversation like this. Um, but why, why is it so important for this Lent season leading up to, um, Good Friday and Easter? Um, why is it good for us to kind of like be in this season of considering death? Uh, like what does that do to our hearts in preparation for those, um, those holidays? I mean, there's, it's, it's a long biblical tradition. There's a couple of Psalms that say something like teach us to number our days. Uh, so that the life that flows out of that numbering is a life, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but worthy of, of, of living. If we don't take death seriously, we will rarely take life seriously. 
if we don't consider this the Latin is momentum mori, the day considering the day of my my dying. Mm. Uh, we we will live as naive. We will live as if this is the way it's always going to be, as if we had unlimited time and resource stretched out before us. So it's like that old phrase, you know, the the contemplation of one's death concentrates the mind it 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 gives us a, a, a focus and so the lenten season uh especially for us triumphalistic evangelical mm-hmm. charismatic folks resurrection day that's our that's our yeah our day to the end we'll do it yeah know, get her done <laughs> and and um you don't get those without without the dying. Mm-hmm. You don't get resurrection without crucifixion. And it's not that, that I mean, from in terms of the, the salvation history, that moment is, is not just symbolic. It, 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 it is, he became sin mm-hmm. for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Mm. And all of the things that ailed us, that led to our dying in the first place, he has taken on himself and put death to death. Mm-hmm. And now we get to begin to enter into that larger life of the age yet to come. But we don't. We want to sit with this um, hard and not not morbid. Uh, but melancholic, maybe, moment of, oh man, we we have really screwed this up. Hmm. We have taken this so far, broken. And because if you don't, if we don't accept that reality, then the gospel ultimately isn't good news. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a smear of nice on the top of our otherwise manageable mm-hmm. lives. And and our lives are not manageable if if uh, we don't we don't finally acknowledge our utter dependence, mm-hmm. not to just fix the things that have been broken, but to fix us who are broken. Mm-hmm. Um, then then we've missed the plot. We've lost the plot. Yeah. And, and especially in a world where we want to just like, hey, are you good? Thumbs up. Yeah. High five. Um, we want to keep things light. We want to keep things um, not that dark or not that hard. Um, I was talking to my son recently about like achieving something like, why do I need to do this? I'm like, well, nothing worth doing is ever easy. And, you know, if everything was easy, then what are you, what are you, what are you learning? You know, yeah, if you're going to yeah, exercise yeah, and get muscles, yeah, you can't yeah. just buy them. You have to work at it. Um, and it, as you, as you're talking, it reminded me of that, uh, that concept, um, I watch a lot of films and the, you know, the happy ending isn't like this grand climax unless they went through some sort of struggle or Mm -hmm. conflict. Mm -hmm. And when you, um, when you just like waltz into success, there's no, there's no story there. There's no like, oh, like this happy or surprise ending or, you know, happy ending, um, unless there was something bad to overcome. Right. And the, the author that I, that I love that, um, that really developed this idea um, 
and created his own word to describe it, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, when he is talking about fairy stories, or uh, many people are familiar with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and that idea of like this big struggle leading up to the end, and then finally the climax and the triumphant mm -hmm. victory. Um, he, he wanted there to be this word to describe what that turn looks like. Mm. It all looks like it's it's mm. hopeless. Nothing's working out, you know, um, to, to paint the picture of the movie, you know, Frodo is in Mount Doom and Gollum is trying to take the, and it looks like all their efforts are just like wasted. Nothing, um, ultimately Frodo fails at his mission, but then Tolkien, dis Tolkien coined the, the, the word you catastrophe to mm. describe that you being a reversal of the yeah. catastrophe. And it's supposed to be unexpected in his, um, in his mind. Um, but it is this like overwhelmingly like big turn that happens yes. at the end of the story, at the end of the struggle. And it ultimately brings about the most glorious victory. Yes. And, um, you know, those of you that have ever watched a movie and they like the good guy finally wins, you know, uh, Darth Vader finally throws the emperor over the side or the, the death star blows up. I'm, I'm always, I'm only thinking stars, right? Stars. Yeah, right now, I so tell. I apologize. Um, but when you get goosebumps about those stories, it's because we're, we're built for the, the, the ebb and flow of life mm -hmm. to we're resilient in the hard times and right. we press on and we achieve success by overcoming, um, and doing that in a rhythm of life throughout the year and recognizing like our mortality uh, numbering our days and then wait in that space. Mm -hmm. Like uh, going back to the surprise, even for me, like we're talking about Easter already and we're entering a season that ends in Easter. Like this is, seems really long. Why can't we just wait till the, yeah. you know, the week before? Yeah. But, but there's a point when we, when we sit and rest in that and we actually entertain our imagination around the, the darkness, the hardships, the struggle, the, the, the swiftness of life and the numbering of our days, then when we do get to Easter and the celebration of that, it is a bigger victory yeah. than we would, than we would have had, well, had we just gone straight yeah. to it. And, and to recognize that there is something being done in this season mm -hmm. that can't be done anywhere else. So there's a reason Lent is 40 days. That number, as you recognize from the biblical text, shows up always when God is up to something. It's 40 years in the wilderness. It's Jesus 40 days in the Moses 40 days on the mountaintop. It's mm -hmm. it's this and it's and it's euphemistic essentially indicating something is happening and you'll be in that place until it's accomplished. So the, the pressing down, and, and our Western culture has devised all manner of ways of denying reality. Mm -hmm. uh, we we, we um, are among so many Western, the Western culture tends to deny the reality of dying, the reality of death. Yeah. We resist it. We don't. So many other cultures are much better mm -hmm. in in managing the losses of loved ones. Uh, we we farm that out to somebody else. The mm -hmm. funeral industry, uh, for example, um, and 
Lent says, no, this is about you. This, this, is, this is not just this universal tale. This is your journey, uh, if, if you're prepared and willing and able to take it, mm-hmm. to pay attention to it. So Lent says, show up in the sorrow, show up in the valley of the shadow, show up in the loss, show up in the awareness of the shadow, mm-hmm. uh, show up in the uh, embrace of uh, the hard, uh, and 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 don't quit, don't give up, don't don't acquiesce, but press in and through mm-hmm. the the darkness, because it's only then that you discover there's something on the other side of dark mm-hmm. called dawn. If if you keep running away from the dark, you never discover the dawn. Mm-hmm. But if you turn and face and press into it, which is what Lent invites us into with various practices of prayer and fasting and uh, a self uh, self denial of of signaling to our body, for example, mm-hmm. that it's not the boss of us. Uh, then we start to embrace the little deaths that those self-denials uh, lead us into so that, so that we're, we're, we're practiced for the, for the, for the slow pace mm-hmm. of Easter week. Um, so 40 days uh, um, doesn't count the, the, the Sundays. Uh, so there's, there's these, seven weeks roughly between now and Easter and take all of the Sundays away. And that's where the, the 40, mm. 40 days oh, comes from in, in terms of, uh, then, then we enter into the slow walk, uh, of, of the final week. Hmm. So, um, kind of br- bringing this conversation to a close, um, this has been very helpful information, uh, but we don't want to just stop there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to just, um, you know, think that we we know better and for 40 days we're going to be thinking about death and then pretend like we're surprised when, oh, Jesus is alive now? Yay! Um, but what are, what are some practical things, and maybe even for you, what are some things that you do to help interact your mind with the themes of Lent, uh, especially... F- drawn out for those 40 days. You know, I think of, um, for me, I'm like, this could be practice like brushing my teeth. I'll do it one time for the evening and think I'm, I'm done for the the season. You know, I'm tomorrow. I'm going to think about, I'm going to think about death Mm -hmm. for an hour Mm -hmm. and then, and then maybe cry and then maybe, you know, remember some things, write something down and then be done. Mm -hmm. But like, what are some helpful ways that we can actually build rhythms, uh, during this season and stretch them out? Uh, for the 40 days. Yeah. So today is Fat Tuesday, the day before mm-hmm. Lent begins. And the, unfortunately, it's gotten hijacked, right? Now, yeah. the, now the, so it's binge before the purge, mm-hmm. which is, ends up not being very <laughs> helpful at any level. Um, but Ash Wednesday begins with taking the ashes from the burning of the palm branches from last year's Palm Sunday and 
a visual reminder, a cross sketched on a forehead in the Catholic communities, mm -hmm. for example, that says, consider the day of your dying. This is ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Mm -hmm. uh, the line I say at every funeral that I officiate. Um, so even to find a, a, a moment of solemnity tomorrow as we head into Ash Wednesday, to join a community uh, in solemn remembrance, not to, not to jolly our way through it mm -hmm. with songs of exaltation, but to let lament, to let sorrow, to let uh, kind of open the back door to the, to the pain uh, of the world that has yet to finalize the deliverance from death. Mm -hmm. The primary practice affiliated with days like this is fasting. And uh, whether it's a daylight fast, that is to say no solid food uh, until dusk, mm -hmm. which is not uncommon in other religions and part of uh, many Christian celebrations of Lent or to uh, participate in an extended, uh, what we have called now a Daniel fast, uh, mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables and juices, um, not smoothies, but juices, um, but no, no uh, sweet meats and processed sugars and things of that mm. nature. Just as a way of using this kind of quick hit that mm -hmm. the body takes and, and, kind of shocks us into an awareness that, uh, oh, this is different. Uh, fasting is one of the fastest ways, no pun intended, to uh, shake up our systems of dependence on artificial means to preserve our comfort. Mm. And so when I feel hungry, I'm probably not actually hungry, uh, but my body's telling me this is about when we usually eat, so you might want to get on that, mm -hmm. right? And to say to my body, thank you for your help, but we're choosing other right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so many have chosen two days a week, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, say, to fast two consecutive meals mm. and to just do a water fast. Uh, obviously, this is uh, uh, important to balance with medical needs. If you're diabetic, if you're hypoglycemic, if uh, you've struggled with an eating disorder, uh, this might not be the most helpful practice. So make it then a prayer process. Lord Jesus, is this something that would be helpful for me? And will you empower and strengthen me in the doing, doing of this? And then monitor, it's not scrupulous. It's not uh, something I do to please God. It's a way of the entering into using the, the body as a living sacrifice. Uh, so that's fasting is probably the most common, uh, common way of, of, of entry. Uh, but then there's also examine, uh, examine of conscience, mm. uh, where two or three times a week, we just sit with the Holy Spirit. And this part is really important. We invite the spirit to bring to mind, not, well, to bring to mind things that he wants to talk with us about. 
rather than me digging around in my life over the last two or three days and finding things that I don't like, what if those things are not what the Spirit wants to talk about? Mm. Um, because I will tend either to be too, way too hard on myself or way too easy on myself, and the Spirit knows what we need to talk about. And mm. if I create some space in examine with a journal that says, speak, Lord, your servant's hearing, mm -hmm. uh, and let that bubble up. Uh, I think regular prayer practice that focuses on, on lament, uh, on embrace of the suffering of the world, uh, taking the news headlines mm -hmm. and praying them, not praying about them, not praying solutions for them, but just holding the brokenness in the world before the Father mm -hmm. and letting it penetrate the surface uh, can be a, a real helpful practice on a regular basis as well. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm thinking about reading some Lamentations from either the Psalms or mm -hmm. Jeremiah or mm -hmm. the Book of Lamentations. Lamentations, yeah. Um, I'm also thinking about for, for me personally, it's helpful to like engage my body in something or mm -hmm. put myself in an environment, um, like prayer walking through a cemetery, not mm -hmm. for anything morbid, but just like, hey, this is where death yes. has occurred. Yes. And I'm going to be here and, and be with God in this, mm -hmm. in this physical location, because it's very different than just walking down the street. Yeah. Um, I'm also thinking about like... Um, having a wood a wood fire that actually creates ashes because um, I I don't find myself in in a in connection with things that burned to a crisp that are you know mm -hmm. unless I was cooking something that went bad <laughs> yeah um, but I'm usually not around ashes and usually ashes are are, are like they're annoying and mm -hmm. they're, they're dirty and but like putting ourselves in places where it's like oh this used to be a branch and now it is a pile of dust and just sitting in spaces and letting it letting it sit and not not wanting to just jump over things to the mm -hmm, next thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, if if you're listening to this, you can take the some of these um, ideas or even a lot of the things that um, that Bill was talking about and find ways to incorporate them into your uh, daily and weekly rhythms during this season. Um, and I know Garden Church, we're going to be having um, uh, some more conversations about uh, Lent. If you are, if you have the the Church Center app, uh, I believe there is a Lent um, icon there on the menu on the on the bottom where you can engage with different readings and practices and prayers um, that we can do together mm -hmm. uh, as we're in this Lenten season. Um, Bill, do you have anything anything else to say um, concerning Lent or just like some uh, top three things to remember type of thing? Well, I. Uh, the main thing is just to slow down and to pay attention, to see uh, uh, where God is in the dying and the coming to life and to not turn away mm -hmm. is the main, is the main, there are plenty of places where if we will be still, uh, we will, we will, we will experience the glory of God at depth at places of darkness and learn the lessons, the treasures of darkness that are unavailable to us if we never go there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm re- I'm reminded by a quote, and I do not know where, where it was from, but I think he's an he's an old old school film director, and he would take these long walk journeys, like from one country to the next country, um, as a way of just like being in a place or or you know um, like a pilgrimage type of scenario. I do, he's not a Christian, but he had this phrase towards the the artist where um, the artist cannot look away, mm-hmm. and when there's pain and suffering. You need to, you need to be aware that there's pain and suffering, and yeah. to not just skip over, sugarcoat it, any of this other stuff. And right. so, right. Um, gardeners, like we, we get to participate in this, and let's not look away. Let's lean in um, because this is this is worthwhile space, mm-hmm. and exactly. we're, we're forming our lives. Exactly. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Pastor Bill. For more information and resources, visit our website at garden.church. You can also download the Church Center app and search for Garden Church. And right there on the bottom, you'll notice a Lent tab with all of our resources for this special season.